In some ways, I wish that the gospel appointed for next Sunday was the one that we read this Sunday. Um, Next week's gospel begins with some big questions for Jesus. People ask him about the slaughter of innocent people and why a huge tower in another city has fallen and killed a bunch of people. Too many Sundays in the past few years, we gather together after some sort of horrific event, whether it's a killing of a couple of people or a mass murder or a catastrophe. On Friday night, as we prayed and walked the Stations of the Cross in this place, we we did so with particular intentions for the victims of the mosque shootings in New Zealand. We continue to pray for them today and pray for all innocent victims everywhere. And yet we have choices about responding, don't we? And that's where faith comes in. That's where a life in Christ comes in. That's why we come to church, I think, to to gain strength from others in faith and to be nourished by the sacraments to learn again how to live more deeply for love, how to live more deeply in love. St. Paul's encouragement to the Philippians sounds fresh enough to us, as he says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction, Paul says, Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. So stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Stand firm, Paul says. So often and in so many ways, that's what Jesus says. Stand firm. And yet it's a decision we make to stand firm. We have plenty of decisions, whether to choose God with a capital G or some other God with a little g. Just like we remembered in last week's gospel as Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, we too are often confronted with whether to choose a way of faithfulness that might appear more quickly a way of safety or comfort, or or to choose the way of faithfulness that really takes time and effort and more faith in God than we ever imagined. Sometimes we're confronted with whether to choose blessing over curses. In our first reading today, Abram, who's not yet Abraham, but Abram still, has to choose with whether he's going to keep listening to God and go forward or or maybe give up. Um, God has promised so many things to Abram, and yet Abram is wondering, where's the evidence? When are these promises going to come true? Abram looks in the mirror, or the equivalent of a mirror in his day, and realizes he's an old man. He doesn't have a lot of time left. He doesn't have that many options. What's God going to do? And yet God comes through. God comes through in the change in faith in Abram, and Sarai, his wife, is so important that they change their name. It's Abraham and Sarah, and they follow God with a new depth of commitment and trust. 
Just as the point of Abram's possibly choosing to go a different route happens, God comes through and answers. God saves him from making a bad choice. God says, stop doubting, stop worrying, just be faithful, hang on a little bit longer. I'm the Lord, after all, who brought from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. In other words, I'm the Lord that brought you out of nowhere into somewhere. I know you and you know me, Abraham. Lucky for Judaism and Christianity and Islam that Abram chooses God. In today's gospel, the choices are subtle. They're they're hidden beneath all the action in some ways. The religious and secular leaders are feeling threatened by Jesus, and so they try to run him out of town. But Jesus gives them a message to give to their leader. Basically, Jesus says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying put, and I'm staying faithful. Jesus knows that there are others who will decide another way. He mourns over the city of Jerusalem, knowing that it's a city that has rejected prophets in the past, a city that represents so much, so much wealth and power and tradition and sophistication and creativity and diversity, and yet it seems to be choosing to to reject Jesus too. And in so doing, it rejects the movement of God. And so there's a choice there for Jerusalem and the people in it who want to be faithful to Jesus. It's that choice for us as well. We choose that citizenship in heaven. Sometimes our parents choose it for us at baptism, and then we choose how to grow in Christ for ourselves. Sometimes the choice may come for us at a formal occasion, like a a first communion or confirmation or a marriage or a funeral or some unexpected time. We can find ourselves confronted with the truth of life, and so we choose God in a new way. Or we may find ourselves choosing Christ in a quieter way, maybe in the midst of worship or in the the middle of a prayer or in the middle of a crisis or a time of emotional or spiritual intensity. Sometimes the choice for being faithful comes daily, if not hourly. There's an Episcopal priest in New Jersey named Robert Morris, and he has a great little book called Wrestling with Grace, Spirituality for the Rough Edges of Daily Life. And he he offers little glimmers of how he tries to stay connected with Christ in the day-to-day. And he describes something that most of us have probably experienced. He, He talks about walking through his house one day, barefoot, and stubbing his toe on a step. With his first breath, he he yells out something like, God! And then he he may have added a few other words. But then he notices that there's an opportunity. There's what he calls the second breath opportunity. And he can complete the sentence in a variety of ways. After saying that initial, God, he can choose what else to say. There's that first breath, but then the second one, he can say, God bless, God bless my toe, God bless my clumsiness, God bless me, God have mercy on me. You get the sense. I have a friend who is a a priest in Washington, D.C., and she drives a whole lot in that city. 
And especially in traffic, she says that she often has these experiences where she feels for the collar. It means she reaches up to see if she's wearing her collar or not. Because if she is, she's careful not to do something that somebody else will see. (laughs) She tries to get to that point in life where she doesn't have to reach for her collar, but can do and say and drive in such a way that she would want to in any occasion. And so we make choices daily and hourly. All deep religious practices suggest paying attention to our breath. That's a choice we can make, whether to get caught up in the emotions of the current moment or to take a moment and simply breathe. Whether it's yoga or tai chi or Christian meditation or centering prayer, we can notice the breathing Christ invites us to pay attention to that first breath, the one that comes involuntarily, but also to practice that second breath. The first one comes from the gut, it's reactive, but the second one can come from a place of faith and reason and openness to God's spirit. And so by paying attention, we can choose blessing over curse. We can begin to to pray like Jesus prayed. And in so doing, we choose to follow Jesus Christ yet again. And we turn with him toward Jerusalem and even the cross. Choices are all around us. Whether it's a choice about a career or a special person or a financial choice or a vocational choice or how to respond to someone around us. May the Holy Spirit guide our choices more deeply. May the Holy Spirit teach us how to watch our breath and live more deeply and truly toward the way of blessing. Any choice will have consequences as life plays itself out. But with faith, the only bad choice really is the one we make without God. As long as we choose with God, God moves us toward blessing with Abraham and Sarah, with St. Paul, with St. John, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with with St. Patrick, with, with all of the disciples and the faithful of every age as we move forward into the eternal blessing of Christ's presence and peace. Thanks be to God for the gift of choosing In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.